Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, hello and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment, a ministry and podcast of Converge Coaching with our good friend, John Obaluski. John, how are you today? Jim, I'm doing well. It's really good to see you over video today. Yes, yeah. And the reason we're over video is because we have a third party uh, that's with us. And so instead of everybody getting together at the studio uh, in Fenton, we can do this so for convenient. This is our good friend, <clears throat> the president of North Point Bible College, J.P. Dorsey. J.P., how are you today? I'm doing great, especially getting to be with you guys. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. Me too. Me too. It's always fun. What I love about you is that there, there is always an agenda there's always a point one, point two, point three. I don't think I've ever gotten to point two with you. There, you never know exactly where the conversation is going to go. We'll see. But I, I, I would say of all the people I know, you and Spurgeon are the two most quotable people that I, I have any relationship with. So I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts today. And today, John, why don't you introduce the topic to us? Yeah, I, I, the topic today is how to use social media as an art form. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we have seen the uh, use and abuse of the social platforms and especially in the last several months and and uh, jp i've really uh admired the way you've uh utilized those platforms and uh and i always find that when i read your posts i'm either challenged in a good way uh or inspired or encouraged and uh, i wish i could say that about all leaders who post um but i would be a liar so um, I thought what we would do today is just have you start out and tell us a little bit of your story. You know, how, you know give us a little bit of background on, on yourself and, and how you ended up in your current role as president of North Point Bible College. Sure. Well, uh, you know, came to Christ when I was 19 years old. I uh, was a heathen before that. You don't want to hear any of those stories. Oh, they're more interesting than the ones afterward in some ways, I guess. But, um, uh, and, um, you know, I uh, felt called to ministry quite early on. And so I ended up youth pastoring and then pastoring. And, uh, well, my wife and I were pastoring, um, we were, we were at actually a district council, you know, so for those that maybe aren't in the assemblies of God, it's our big powwow for the state of Michigan for the year for our pastoral leaders. And uh, I don't remember anything about it, uh, other than the fact that during worship at, at some point, uh, God just, God and I had one of those moments and, uh, and really felt a, a very real definite sense of, if I can say it this way, almost soul crushing uh, kind of sense of call to help prepare uh, ministry leaders. And um, from my perspective, that was 20 years down the road. Um, but we knew that involved, you know, going back to grad school and so on. And so my wife and I uh, ended up doing that, going to school over in England. And uh, when I came back, uh, we worked with one of our great churches here in Michigan, Grand Rapids First, uh, to you know, to start a program here. And when they asked me to run it, uh, you know, um, there was a big part of me that wanted to say, no, I'm, I'm not an institutional person by, by nature. Uh, you know, big church, college, those are two big institutions. And um, my wife told me I had to quit whining about the way that we, uh, you know, train people for ministry and the debt issue and kind of health issues with how, you know, maybe we're, we need to give a little more attention to that I couldn't whine about those things anymore if I didn't say yes. And I decided I want to whine about them still. So I said yes, and we've been doing it uh, 11 years now and uh, having, a great, having a great time doing that. So. You know, though, it's somebody that, that has kind of, not a disdain, but a, 
you know, I've had experiences with institutions that heads now leads an institution. The yes. nice thing I like about your institution is it really is not institutional. It, well, thank it, you. That's the nicest thing you can say. Really practical. Yeah. It, right. you're, teach, you're training people for ministry, not just, not right. just theology. Um, right. Absolutely. I, I think that's great. So, I, you know, John was talking about the social media uh, stuff that's going on. And, it, boy, it seems like today you can't really say anything. Uh, but not saying something is you know, construed as saying something as well. So we're living through these times that are we're going to stress like no other you know, time in recent history. So the, the noise level in churches has just, it's just increased so substantially and the noise, it's finding its way into the social platform. So we've come to appreciate the way you use this to, to communicate. And I think what our listeners want to know is like, what's the rules? What's the rubric? What's the, what's the, <laughs> that you use, like what questions you ask yourself before you start talking? Sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's a, if it's a secret, but obviously I, I, I saw this question and I was so, uh, uh, I was like, wow, they think I have a rubric. That's amazing. <laughs> I had to look up the word rubric. So you're doing yeah, better. I, had to look it up. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I definitely got one of those. I thought it was that cube with all the colors from the eighties. Turns out it's a completely different thing. <laughs> a rubric's cube. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you know, tr truthfully, so, um, it, and I guess, you know, maybe one of the big takeaways uh, as we work through this over the next little bit will have to do with this. Um, I, I think that at the end of the day, I, I, I don't have a rubric, but I did sit down and sort of say, well, I do have questions that I ask myself, just not in a formal way. And so I did kind of formulate those to maybe be a little bit uh, more helpful. But for, uh, for me, I think what it really boiled down to, and this is, you know, I think we're, we're really having a challenge at just a, a broader cultural level, is that I learned to communicate and dialogue in my home. Uh, my, my, my father uh, is an engineer, my mother's a psychologist, and uh, we often spent two or three hours after dinner sitting around the dinner table talking. And um, nobody was, uh, when I was 11 years old, I was welcome to speak about philosophy or theology or history and, and learn to dialogue. And so um, a lot of this boils down to, you know, how we're actually raising and training people to dialogue. And I think the dysfunction that we're seeing on social media is just an extension of the dysfunction we're seeing in the family. It's an extension of the dysfunction we're seeing in, in broader society. So if, if, if the question is, do I have a rubric? No, because I felt like there was kind of one that was you know, pre-programmed in there in a way by the, by the way that I was raised. Um, but that being said, um, this is, uh, uh, we've had conversations like this with students at the college and so on and so forth. And, and um, there are some kind of do's and don'ts that, that, uh, that, that we suggest. I'm happy to kind of walk through those. You want, you want to do that right now or is there anything you want to? Yeah, please. Okay, cool. So, um, uh, even though, uh, even though uh, we all are in Assemblies of God churches in the Pentecostal tradition, we go in the Baptist tradition, so everything has to stay in the, uh, has to be three points or start with the same letter or spell something. Uh, so minor I's. Um, uh, so I've got kind of uh, a handful of positive things that I'm like, these are things I want to make sure I do. And then uh, a handful of negative things that are kind of things that I want to avoid. And uh, I, I'm kind of presupposing in all of this that the person that we're talking to, whether we're, whether it's a pastor listening to this or, or you know, a, a private person who just says, you know, I really want to use my voice in some way in social media, we're presuming that person actually isn't just posting for their friends. And actually quite important because if you're just posting for your friends, post whatever you want. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's, that's different. Those people love you and care about you. Um, 
But if you are intending to actually influence more than the people you have a direct connection to, that brings on a whole different level of communication. And that, that gets undergirded by uh, maybe uh, people listening will be familiar with Dunbar's number. But you know, Dunbar's number, 150 people, that is the number of people that the average human being will have any meaningful relationship with at any one time. The average Christmas card list, 150 people. Ancient civilizations in England and in Africa gathered in villages of 150 people. Gore-Tex Corporation, 150 people, they split that and start a new, uh, new factory for assembly. That's the maximum number of people we can maintain relationship with. Some people that are super relationally smart can do 200, 250, but 150 is the average. So the funny thing about that is, is that the average, there are millions and millions of books published in the United States every year. The average number of sales for the average book that's published in the United States is about, a, about 200 copies. So basically everybody that knows that person and feels obligated to them knows their voice, buys a copy, and then the rest of them sit in their office somewhere. That's, that's the way that works. And so I, I guess we're talking to the person who says, I'd actually like to sell more than a copy to my mother and my aunt, and my uncle. And they're thinking about their Facebook or their Twitter or their Instagram and thinking, I'd like to engage more people than just my uncle and my aunt and the people that I have direct influence with, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. In other words, this, this rubric, if, if you're just thinking about connecting with friends and people you, you know, this doesn't apply. But if you want broader influence, these are the kinds of questions that I would ask. So uh, the first one is, um, do I actually have anything interesting to say? <laughs> you know, you'd think that would be a, 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 maybe something we wouldn't have to say, but uh, just because you own a computer and the internet and have an account doesn't mean that you, you automatically have something to say, or I actually have something to say. And uh, probably one of my favorite analogies in, in all of communication, uh, probably tell something maybe a little bit about my testimony before I was a Christian, but it has to do with the way that a hashish was harvested in the 19th century. And uh, they would actually take the people who were harvesting it and they would strip them down buck naked, have them run through the fields and all of the hashish would stick to them and then they'd shave them with a straight razor. And um, I, 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 the reason that I love that analogy is it's like, you know, we have to be like continually uh, in the fields having things stick to us. What are we learning? What are we reading? Who are we talking to? What are we engaging with? So that like there, there's something on us that naturally actually is of interest and value. We're worth shaving. You know, like that. Um, that we actually have something that people are interested in. And that's just like a, that's a personal developmental discipline is, you know, are, are, we, are we genuinely taking on content? When we talk about information distribution, and we're wanting to say something interesting. We're always asking, how do we bridge uh, a good information distribution system takes more complex or inaccessible data and makes it usable for the person below them. So like in the medical community, there's five levels of distribution of information. You have researchers at the very top level who will probably never see a patient. Then you have a specialist, and their job is to bridge from the, uh, from the research scientist to the, uh, down to the general practitioner. Then you have a general practitioner whose job is to bridge from the, from the specialist down to the nurse and so on and so forth. Their job is like distilling that information and bringing it down. So if we're not engaged in, in uh, reading, listening, learning at a higher level than the group wanting to communicate to, we have nothing to distill that is going to be of interest to them and value to them that's not already accessible for them. That's, really, 
That's so really good, JP. Right? We got to get out in the field. I'm, I'm writing this down. Step one, get naked and run through a hashish field. I got it. I got it. Step one. Step, should, step two, that should find dramatically change. Willing to shave you. That, that, should, actually, that should dramatically change my social media output. Just that one step alone. I, I think that step two, finding the person to shave you, is. <laughs> I really do. I, I think that step one is the easy part. Uh, yeah, so say, have something actually interesting to say, you know. Um, uh, step number two, um, actually be informed. Gosh, you, you think you wouldn't have to say this, but if I can use a good example, and, and, and uh, I don't know how to choose an example that maybe someone who listens to this hasn't done, and so I guess all I could do is beg that if you use this example, please don't think I saw it, and therefore I'm, I'm calling you out or anything like that. But um, just recently with kind of the conversation surrounding um, uh, the, the COVID, we've had two examples. Um, one, which was initially the, uh, the, the pandemic, uh, quote unquote documentary, which, uh, you know, people were sharing kind of on rapid fire. And at this point, very, almost no one is saying is, is defensible, uh, even people who were proponents of it early, but even more recently, we've seen, uh, a, a not true CS Lewis excerpt from screw tape letters make fairly serious traffic on social media, uh, kind of intending to talk about how the devil is tempting people to be afraid and wear masks and not see anybody. And, um, you know, it, it gets shared by people who are good people that, that love Jesus, but it really is just a, a simple search away from figuring out whether those things are authentic. And right. the unfortunate thing is, is you really only have to do something like that once. Right. And, and, you know, trust is one of those things that's five miles to get and two feet to lose, man. I mean, it just, it, it, it's really, really easy. And so there needs to be this kind of genuine uh, informed posture. I think if we're going to be talking about issues or making any kind of assessments, they need to be like genuinely data driven. And we're at a crisis in that particular element. People just don't know how to, how to read data and how to interpret data and how to read studies and, uh, and, and sort of digest that information. Um, we're actually in the process, even at, at, at North Point, of saying, gosh, we really need to integrate into our program uh, a sequence teaching people how to actually read studies and data and make sure that they're able to be constructive and critical in the way that they're digesting information. And it's not the place really for our hunches or our op-eds. Um, I, I think, again, this is assuming the person wants broader influence. Broader influence comes broader responsibility. So we've got to sort of sort of get there. I see that. I see that number. <laughs> so um, maybe uh, as as we kind of maybe round that out. And I don't know if we're going to do uh, a second session on this, but I think I'm keeping going. I see I keep going. So okay, fantastic. Um, I think probably a, a, an important one for us, especially those of us who are normally communicating to a, a captive audience. You know, uh, Jim, I'm here with you. You pastor an amazing church. Those people get the privilege of hearing you uh, on a regular basis. And um, uh, any of pastors who do that, they're going to be in that same situation. And I think that sometimes uh, we forget that influence has to be appropriate to the community that we are in. And if we're in a pastoral community, we probably have a different level of influence there than we do to an amalgamation of 5,000 random friends who are connected to people that we actually have influence over on social media. I can say things to my son uh, that I can't say to my uh, staff. I can say things to my staff that I can't say to the students because there's a level of, of 
influence and relationship allows for that. And I think what happens a lot of times is pastors especially assume that they have the same amount of influence on social media that they have in their church. Mm. Mm. That's good. When Pastor Jim gets up and speaks at his church, he's, he's the guy. He's the guy, you know. When you get up on Facebook and say something, we're no longer the guy. There are lots of guys. There are lots of girls. There are lots of voices. And many of the people who are reading our posts have no relational reference for us. They have no, none of that. And so I actually think it's quite, quite helpful um, in the sense that, one, when I hear people disagreeing with me on social media, the chances are there are people in the community I'm leading that do disagree with me that way. They just haven't said anything because of the influence I have. So they're actually training me and helping me understand what some of the people in my congregation who would never speak up are actually already thinking. They're already disagreeing with me. Um, it also uh, doesn't mean that the people that I'm leading, they may not be representative. There's people that I'm communicating to on social media that I may have no reference for uh, in, in my particular community. So um, I think it can actually really help me both in terms of thinking, okay, I have a different level of influence here. So is the influence that I'm trying to exert appropriate? You know, am I trying to overplay my hand to this group of people mm -hmm. where I really have that kind of voice and influence? And if I listen to them, are they actually helping me understand and influence the people that I do lead in a way that's better articulating some things that I should be aware of? Yeah. So uh, I think those three things are a good place to start. And uh, we can talk about a couple others and uh, some maybe don'ts if we want to. Yeah, I'd, I'd say this, JV, that this, is, this has been the fastest 17 minutes of my life. <laughs> uh, I, if you'll be kind enough to stick around for one more Absolutely. round. We'll come back next week and we will we'll talk about this topic again. But in the meantime, John, I, I'd love it. What, what are your thoughts on this? Just give us 30 seconds. What did you hear JP say? And, and, and then lastly, how can we get a hold of you uh, to continue the conversation? Sure. So, I mean, the three eyes, uh, very good. Do I have anything interesting to say? <laughs> um, I, I think that I would post last if I, if I run by that milestone. <laughs> I would probably post less. Uh, very, very uh, awesome. The the idea of being informed, uh, just really concerned about that one, JP. Um, I, I, in some ways, I think we're more inflamed than we are informed. Right. right. And and that concerns me. But I appreciate you bringing that to the to the mix. And then this this whole idea of influence. That's something that I've never really thought of in terms of how I craft. Uh, social media because I have a, I do have an audience but the audience I speak to is different than the audience I have on Facebook Twitter and Instagram so just a brilliant insight I, I really appreciate those three eyes and so Jim uh, uh, JP's going to come back and we're excited to have him come back for another another one um, but if you want to get a hold of us it's really easy it's convergecoach.com and uh, you can hit the uh, button that says start a conversation and uh, we'll be happy to do that with you. Right, right. Well, I, this is a fascinating conversation, very timely, very, we're, we're so grateful to both of you men for spending the time with us today and just helping us think about it, if not, you know, radically change our view on it. So God bless you. As always, thanks so much for being a part of today. We hope that we will uh, see you again in the near future as we continue to lead from Alignment.